two, three. Because we're famous for this podcast. No, we weren't famous before. Now we're famous for this podcast. It's what we're famous for. Is all the land discovered? Uh, I would say yes. Gotcha. All the land that's matters to discover has been discovered. Gun to your head. There's a new land. Hey, we're, we're appointing you the, the head of coming up with the name for it in the next 10 seconds. What, what do you name in the new, the new place? What, what kind of a place is it? Um, heavily shrubber, shrubberized, and the, it's native to... Uh, um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's shrubbery. It's in the shrubbery, uh, Middle okay. East... And, Middle East, okay. Um, there's a very nice village of folks who live about a mile outside, but they had, didn't know this land was over here. Oh, they didn't even know about this land. Nope, they hadn't walked over there. Okay, gotcha. Uh, is it mountainous? Is it flat? What do we got? Um, mountainous and shrubbery, yeah, both. Okay, yep. shrubbery, right? Thank you you mentioned asking, the shrubbery. Yeah. Uh, mountainous, we got some water. Is there, is there any water around? Well, yeah, the, this little new piece of land was right on the other side of a little that they hadn't walked across yet lovely folks okay. these, these people they were like oh god you know we just hadn't they had a translator they, like we just hadn't walked across yet thank you like you guys have uh the proper shoes to walk across here thanks so much we didn't know it was there okay yeah got it uh and uh what's the name of that group of people <laughs> um the they call themselves the lanterns they they use um because of the different lights they use at night Okay, got it, got it. All right, I would call it uh, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> that is the nice thing about naming places. They're just double used all the time. There's probably a Boston, Maryland. You know, there's just, yeah. there's a California, every state. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Washington, every state. Yep, Washington, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, Definitely Washington, Pennsylvania. Washpa. Oh yeah, Washpa. Joe Washpa. Joe Joe Pa. <laughs> That's what they called him uh, after the scandal, because he washed all the uh memories of what he knew about that horrible coach uh, out of him. He did. Yeah. yeah. Joe Washpa. I don't know. Was he a I think he was an okay coach. Great coach. Even better guy. <laughs> no. Terrible guy for for ignoring that. Um, I think he was, you know what? It's one of those things where I think everybody loved the way he looked. They were like, oh, that guy's kind of funny looking. The fact that he knows how to coach football, let's get behind this guy. He's got that hair. He's been 85 for 23 years. Let's let's make this guy a legend for no reason. Yeah. He's Italian, which is kind of funny. We're all getting a kick out of that. Paterno is nice. Um Penn State, Nittany Lions, I think, plays a role in why, you know, that's kind of an odd mm. name. They were Nittany. almost like a North Carolina for a while in that Nittany Lions was like a brand for a moment. It had a moment. Yes. Time, you know? It did, yeah. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't even get a date to the dance if you didn't have a uh, Nittany Lions uh, <laughs> starter jacket. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was big. That was a big problem. Yeah. Um, I had to hand me down Charlotte Hornets that, Mike Mussina's brother let me have it about. Your father, Mark Mussina, you and I went to the game. 
It was like either fall or spring, still chilly or about to get chilly. Anyway, I had a Charlotte Hornets starter jacket on. From what I could tell, drunk Mark Mussina is roasting me about fucking Charlotte. It fucking sucked. This kid's wearing a Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we took it fine. Was happy that it was Mike Mussina's brother. And uh, all in all, a lovely night. That Yeah, I don't remember that at all. And I also had a Charlotte Hornets something or other. Yes, I think you had one of those whatever more like Letterman style jackets, like where it was like a, um, what do you call like button, not buttons that you actually put through the hole, but like those snap buttons, snaps, I guess. Snaps, Snap, sure. crack, pop. Yeah, and I had an Orlando Magic starter jacket for no good reason. I think yes. I was a Penny, Penny Hardaway fan or okay. something. And I then had the I Hornets had... as a cousin hand-me-down. You know, I, oh, I, okay. Yeah, so, which I don't know why he did. They weren't from Charlotte or anything, but I think just... Sporting good mom, probably, you know, swiped a, a Charlotte jacket. And they were kind of, mm. they had their moment as well, the Hornets. Muggsy Bogues. Yeah. Uh, Larry Johnson, yeah. Larry Johnson, yeah. Yeah. The sailboat. Yeah, the sailboat, as they called him, that's right. Yeah, Larry the sailboat Johnson. The... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a great memory that I am honored to have been roasted by Mark Mussina. Yeah, that's great. I wonder how he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if he was, you know how when you're a kid, there's like that fine line between, is this just like a, you know, a kind of a goofy adult or is this, uh, or is he drunk? Because I I haven't been drunk yet, so I'm not really an expert yet. Right. Is this, it's, there's almost like a, oh, is this okay? Right. What's going on here? Is this, yeah, right. Is this man who I just met tonight um, making fun of me? for a good five minutes straight on the walk into the game. Like, and is that like, hey, like, I'm Mark. Nice to meet you, like, kid who's, like, with us in this group. It's just, like, a roast from the jump. Like, <laughs> yes. you're, like, not taking care to, like, oh, yeah, you know, Pete, our buddy, you know, like, oh, Charlotte right. fan or anything. None of, not personal at all, just, like, roasting me to your father. <laughs> That's great. I applaud that guy. Yeah, I bet he's doing well. And I wonder if he was, I was going to say, I wonder if he quit drinking, but I started, that's not fair. I don't know if he was or if I just didn't know what, what drunk was yet. Well, I still wonder if he quit drinking, though. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> just as I wonder that, it's the first thing I think, yeah, I wonder if that guy, I wonder if that guy fell for it yet, quit drinking. <laughs> it's what we're famous for. All right. Here we go again. Gauguin. And I am uh, a uh, a guy who works at a gun show. Hmm. Um, like the flea market style gun shows where like everybody's got a table and, you know, you go around that way? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Have you been? No, we at the Plaza Flea Market, I feel like, had some gun tables. Oh, yeah. Yeah, could you just buy the, a gun there? I guess you could. <laughs> Your dad was just buying guns every Saturday. There. Oh, yeah, man. Stockpiling weapons. <laughs> but that's what i was picturing with gun show yeah because he would just let us go off on our own right oh, yeah he could have been buying anything <laughs> hey i meet you guys back here in three hours yeah. <laughs> just he had like you know big pile of mannequins in the back of his car he could have easily also just had guns well, underneath the mannequins yeah he, he would hide the guns in the mannequins i think yes 
just bought, yeah, like man, why else would have a whole bunch of mannequins in the back <laughs> of your conversion van? Right. Stuff them full of guns. <laughs> I do think that the gun stockpilers do have to probably do work over years and years to get that kind of stocking done because you probably got to do a little bit at a time, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, I think that's that's got to be true. Like, uh, I mean, you could buy them all at once, though. That's true. And then you probably save a lot of money on like a bulk price that way, too. And I think it flies under the radar more because people aren't looking, they're only looking for like nickel and dime gun purchases. They're not, they're not looking for the big ones. So actually, yeah, it might be, just yeah. be safer overall. Buy them all at once. But I think the problem there is that means you got to have all those mannequins. In advance. <laughs> all right. That's the harder thing to get a hold of. <laughs> yeah. Mannequins. Just like, mannequins like undressed not like right am i picturing the right thing like parts of mannequins not even full ones no clothing yeah they were you know i had them assembled before but they don't they they i i pulled them apart when i threw them in the van <laughs> i don't know yeah i have no idea why you had them. <laughs> ah, just part of whatever project he was doing totally legit the least man you'd ever accuse of having anything weird oh yeah i don't think it was some kind of weird mannequin kink or anything he had it for some but he probably <laughs> never he probably never used them or needed them or, or you know he, he didn't actually need them is my theory like he was like you know i got the we got the halloween dance coming up so i just i just bought a couple mannequins i i don't i don't really know you know he, like <laughs> right most people would only buy mannequins if they had an upcoming mannequin related project <laughs> <laughs> right well he saw the maybe there and like just liked oh this could be a funny whatever yeah He's a possibilities guy. Yep. Uh, yeah, I could. I thought I could use him to make the hats. You know, I got. I got to make some hats coming up. Maybe I put them on the mannequin first. Make <laughs> it on the because I got to put them on my own head. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah, just use him as the hat. If yeah, if nothing else, the hat practicer. Right, design the hat right on the mannequin. That's right. what like a real hat man would do. I assume. Which he is. I think he's probably one of the top hat owners in the in the country. Both. Yeah. Both made and just regular hat purchases. Not per or whatever. Accumulation. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Is that a habit a hat monger? A haberdashery. A haberdashery, yeah. Sling and slacks. No, um Yeah, what is just a collection? A like a stamp monger. collection? No, uh I'm saying who's what's the name for a hatter? I guess a hatter. Oh, a mad hatter? Is that mad what that was? The mad hatter that was hat. a hatter. Yeah. The hatter. He was a guy who made hats. Uh, oh, is that what is his job in the story? Yeah, and then hatters, I think, used to use some type of mercury-based, maybe like dyes or something like that, which is why uh, the phrase mad as a hatter exists, oh. because you know how like, mercury would just poison your brain and make you go insane. Right. Is that why they were all like, it was like such a trippy movie in um, Alice in Wonderland, they were all like mercury poisoned? Ooh, you mean the people who wrote it? Uh, well, just Shel Silverstein and yeah, and Rogers uh, Hammerstein. <laughs> <laughs> Rogers Hammerstein, as if that was his name. <laughs> Roger the H Man. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, it's definitely supposed to be Alice in Wonderland. Supposed to be acid trippy for sure, but I think I don't think it was supposed to be like uh, uh, you know mercury poisoning based trip. Because that's, I mean, that conspiracy theory, if there's any talk of mercury poisoning with any relation to it, I, I, that conspiracy theory has got to be out there. 
Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, the Cheshire Cat is. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> I'm not sure. What kind of animal was the Cheshire? What? A cat. Okay, and how many legs do cats have? Four. And how many ends of a cross are there? Four. And who hung on a cross? Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, so you know what that means, of course. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Uh, you know what was an inside job? Yeah. Yes, that's right. No, uh, but yeah, I think we could derive a lot of meaning from searching into the different clues of uh, is Alice Wonderland literature, literature or film? I think it was a book first, and then, uh, you know, they turned that book into a movie. Okay, the Book It program, where you just change your uh, the res- the Pizza Hut certificate to say like a different date, <laughs> like. They would give you a free pizza at Pizza Hut if you just had a piece of paper with pen writing on it. <laughs> right. Just change that right. date ourselves one time, I remember. Which, oh, nice. I'm, I'm, you know, not a good example for children. I'm sorry I did that, but I'm coming clean now, and I'm very sorry. All right. I forgive you, for one. Thank I, for you. one, forgive you as the guy who probably talked you into doing it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's what we're famous for. Back in uh, back in business, and um, what do you have on this top? Uh, carefulness can never be properly rewarded because you don't know what you're you don't know what you're being careful from all the time. Like just general carefulness, you can't be like, "Hey, great job being careful. You avoided this car crash." You you know, like you never get that like report of the good work you've made possibly done by being careful in any in any. Uh. In any context. Yes, it's a thankless job. Yeah. To be careful. Yeah. I mean, you know, all you've got is, uh, as a careful man, all you've got is, uh, you know, if, if you happen to make it through and, like, you know, some of your less careful buddies didn't, you could pat yourself on the back and yeah, be like, yeah. Yeah, you could do that. I was I thinking. Was careful. But that's not a very rewarding feeling no. you know like that's not a fruitful my, existence no my good buddy is ah yeah a bunch of idiots they all <laughs> jumped off that cliff and i didn't i was too careful like yeah <laughs> right know, glo- gloating about that's got not gonna make you no feel too good i mean i was thinking there could there should not should just just an idea you know this is a big idea heavy podcast um <laughs> like something where you know let you register with the the careful group or whatever. And then every so okay. often they're like, Hey, look, nice job. Like, you know, by saying, ah, I'm not going to make that drive in the rain. You, you know, here are 20 people who got in car accidents that night, but, but I guess mm. you'd have to tell it what you'd refrain from. Right. That's true. You would. And then you'd be uh, bragging to that thing at that point. So I, I don't want, I wouldn't get out of the bragging spirit here, but I'm thinking they're gonna be like, Hey, here, I'm going to register this, not complaint, register this, whatever other things are with my diary that I've created an online profile for, for the careful group. Yeah. And then they can kind of like send you a few things that could have happened to you that night based on truth. I like that. That's good. And then you, you would have to go befriend those people's, uh, 
families and friends so you can brag to them. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you show up they with give us. give you all the contact information for those <laughs> the people who died. And- yeah, you make them all custom sweatshirts and say, uh, I survived that 1998 rainy Tuesday <laughs> by <Right>. not driving. <laughs> and you take a big happy picture with all the families of the people who... <laughs> <laughs> Ah, there might not be anything there, but I was just thinking, yeah, careful is a thankless job because you don't know what you're avoiding all the time. Yeah, it's true. It's, uh, it is, it's thankless. It's sort of, uh, similar to just, you know, again, bring everything back to religion, but it's similar to Pascal's wager. Okay. Which was what again? Uh. Oh, believe in God just in case? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Pascal's wager was like a little math problem. It was like, you know, if uh, if there is a God and you do believe, then uh, you know that you, then you're like into eternal heaven or whatever that right uh, particular story might life. be. Everlasting life, yeah. And then uh, and then life if, everlasting. They went with sometimes too. Sorry. Yeah, they sometimes would would switch it up on you like that. Make you change religions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, if you believe in God and God doesn't exist, then not too big of a deal, right? Mm-hmm. You're just being a little, it's the equivalent of just being careful. Oh, yeah, point. I see that. Yep. And then uh, if you don't believe in God and God does exist, well, that was a big botch because now you're going to hell and that's uh, everlasting what? I don't know. Yeah, everlasting uh burn or torture stab yeah. stabbing it's getting stabbed yeah, by yeah being stabbed by guy pascal. with a fork <laughs> yeah pascal himself <laughs> stabs you he's down there wagering uh, placing <laughs> wagers on who's gonna be next and oh how, yeah how as a gambler he probably does wind up in hell anyway for <laughs> betting on anything <laughs> yeah he got his gambling hand chopped off and sent. <laughs> that's always those societies are a tough we you stole with your hand, so you, you no more hand. That's that's right. too mean. That's too much. Also, you do everything with your hands. Right. It's Cut like off something else. Yeah, it's that you never get like your nipple chopped off in a right. in that society because you just don't commit any crimes with your nipple. Right. Which so I, it's not fair to the other body parts. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, may, or maybe start with like. A finger is almost fair. I could see getting behind like finger legislation. Like you steal, what finger do you use the least? Look, we, we understand you play guitar. So why don't we take a finger off of your right hand, let's say, so you can still hold a pick and you, you, your finger picking is not going to be as good. But you, look, you, you deserve to be punished though. So you can then right. you can still hold a pick and you can still have all five fingers. Please don't do anything else wrong. And I think, yeah, you I have that convincing. don't want to screw up your yeah. stealing either. So <laughs> <laughs> which one do you steal with? I don't want <laughs> We'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what any of the other uh, eye for an eye type uh, penalties are. You only hear about it, this guy stole some bread, got his hand chopped off. Chopped his is bread it... off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this like this guy was listening in on somebody's conversation, chop his phone off or his ear off, I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just chop. Yeah. Yeah, like the bread thing, you, you could just start with, yeah, start even one level down. Give them a few chances to mess up. Chop the, the thing out of their hands. So you show back up. You stole bread. Okay. Next bread, you come about, come about um, honestly, you got to show up with it and hold it in your hand. We're going to chop it out of your hand, and it's going to be 
unusable after that. So fair punishment. You don't get to eat the next fairly come about bread. I think that's fair. I do. I agree with you about that. Uh, next one, look, we gotta you gotta start learning. Next one, your least favorite finger, so you can keep stealing if you'd like. <laughs> Still want you to steal at the same level that you were stealing before, if you should you want to, right? And you're gonna get punished, you know, if you do. But we don't want to make it harder for you to steal. The whole hand right away is just crazy. Uh, you know, I I think it works though. Yeah, I mean, it's also probably, like yeah. in some place, like in Singapore, right? It's like, yeah, you spit some gum out on the. I don't think they do that anymore, but you know, the famously the guy gets caned or whatever for spitting his gum out there. Oh, man. It's like not very much gum if you look around. Yeah, man. But, yeah, that's weird because, like, that's like the the whole death penalty as a deterrent thing. But, like, I feel like once you get to a certain level, you nothing, yeah. But, I yeah, I understand with spitting gum, I think you could probably really get people to stop if death penalty were the thing for that. It's the things that are, like, the high-level murders and stuff that I think people just will do – but I yeah, if you have a really severe one for not so bad of crimes, I think that's a way bigger success rate. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So maybe keep the really severe penalties for the for the crimes that aren't so bad. Uh, and then just let murderers go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Murderer don't do row. any punishment at all for the bad ones. Because <laughs> that's not right. going to work anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, just let them. Yeah. So I think that, that there is some thinking to that um, where... <laughs> <laughs> where if you just improve the manageable crimes and then say, well, the people who do the bad ones are going to find a way to do it. And then I think, suppose we even do lock them up, they'll just have their buddy on the outside do the next one for them. So they'll just let them go and really crack down on On gum. their buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But, all right, so caning. <laughs> just beat somebody with Sarah a cane. Sarah Koenig, yeah. Sarah Koenig. <laughs> <laughs> Within an inch of their life or how bad? I don't know. I When I just brought that up, I thought to myself, I think I would be, if I were that kid, I would have been Googling it and I would have been like, all right, I think I will be happier in my life if I get the caning because this is going to be a, a hell of a story than like somebody swoops in and like, Go, you know, does all this stuff to save me from this caning, and like it's like some some big deal. Like, I don't know do they, if they do pay, if like it's all about permanent damage. Yeah, if they trauma, if they're gonna like yeah, if they're gonna hit me in my head and like I'm I'm forever messed up as a result. No, please save me. I I don't want yeah I don't want that. But if it's just like a nice nice ass whipping, you know, like <laughs> right then yeah, all right, that's funny. I I will take I, and I am not uh, trying to make light of uh the you know somebody getting tortured or something like that no. but i i uh doesn't sound too bad to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would be nervous for the accidental slip up you know when you just just oh my god i can't believe i just really was not myself for a moment stuff like that like yeah those i'd be nervous for like i remember okay sister paula was screaming at me for having my hood up in uh church and i i I get done taking it off i'm like oh my god like it was a true mistake and then just like one second later i put it back up not trying to be but i don't blame her at all 
for thinking I was just being a total asshole. Because, like, how could I right. be that? And I just seriously forgot and put it right back up. And then, like, take it off! Like, she screamed so loud. And I was like, oh, my God. I This wasn't even, like, I am bad a lot. This was not me being bad. Holy shit. I'd be nervous for one of those moments. Yes. With the gum. With the gum. Yes. Oh, where, and like, accidentally just you come being... out after just getting caned, and then you, like, pop a piece of gum in and spit right. it out on the ground right away. <laughs> right, right. Boy, I could use a, could really use a nice, fresh piece of gum. <laughs> after anything... caning like that. <laughs> Don't you have anything a little life. more flavorful? Spit that piece out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pass out gum to everybody after getting caned. <laughs> yeah. Now let's see you do it the right way. And they follow you back to your house with canes. <laughs> Hoping you mess up again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem that bad, though. I, I don't know. I, I I don't think that kid got caned, but maybe I'm I'm uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe he got a really bad caning, and he's never been the same ever since. I'm not sure. But right. I'd be um, nervous, like locked up abroad style, to just be visiting somewhere and like just being too silly and goofing off, and a couple guys get wind of me, and uh, they're like this. This motherfucker, like, what is he doing? Like, I saw him laughing or just something mm-hmm. just that I'm not clo- careful enough about. Tie it all back to yeah. carefulness. I'd be nervous with something like that, too. Yeah, I'd, I definitely... Locked up abroad sounds pretty rough. Although I think... I do think I could get my mind in the in a better place being locked up abroad than locked up here. Like, it would just be like some horrible movie at that point. You could yeah. just com- completely program your own brain to just be like you know you could easily you could more easily get yourself into a a weird spot where you're it's a different type of experience than if you yeah were, you know work yourself saying? into a frenzy kind of thing and it, yeah and it's like it, or frenzy or like uh you know you don't feel like you have to navigate the situation in all the same ways because it's like i got no chance in navigating this aspect of this situation i can't speak the language these guys keep yeah. you know let me just completely me every night <laughs> let me just completely reprogram myself to be somebody and yeah that's another genius part of the brain like all right well survival in this scenario now let's see what you got like and then it's probably a half right. decent plan based on what you've experienced if if your brain you know if you got one of the good ones yeah, it's easier to like imagine that you were kind of born in this circumstance and this is all you've ever known kind of thing yeah. if you're in that than if you're like at the jail a few blocks down from your house where you grew right. up. Right, that's a great point. You could really just get into a different mindset way easier being somewhere you're not familiar with, hearing a language you're not, oh my God, that's that's one of the scariest parts of like any captive situation, I feel like. And I'm not telling any tales out of school with that. I think that's a well-known thing yeah everybody knows that yeah why'd you even bring it up that's the most yeah um but man locked up abroad horribly scary um yeah it'd be awful do you just start going in with heroin or you you wait like a month see feel everything out first feel all the heroin out first i'm not gonna do any drugs in the in the uh other country prison okay only because i'm gonna like do a whole different thing on it. I'm going to be like, oh, you know, I was born in prison. This is my whole life, but I've just forgotten how to rise to become the king of the prison. Mm. And I just need to remember how to do that. And then, like, it's all just, you know, 
that it's a, just a conquest at that point to just yeah. figure out how to safely become the uh, the head of the prison. And yeah, I got to have a sharp mind to do all that. I think. Right. Good point. You yeah, you can't be risking a few highs. Yeah, how Stella got her groove back for surviving uh, um, overseas prison. Yeah. But I will have to pretend to take the heroin. I I, I realize that uh, oh, up yeah. front. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, what if you don't shoot it into your bloodstream? Maybe you just shoot it like into like the abyss in your arm, wherever else it go, would go. And then you just you got your insides are getting poisoned, but it's not going into your bloodstream and affecting your brain. Maybe. Yeah, I think you probably got to do. It's gonna. They're gonna be looking at you. You got to do it. Yeah, some different way. You got to be like, he's doing it wrong or whatever, and then like point yeah. the other direction and then just spray it over your shoulder. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Squirt some of the heroin out onto the floor. <laughs> yeah look at this idiot over here yeah it's just they never catch on that you do the maybe they, look they, thing right they keep beating some guy to death every time you're like, he's, he's he's stealing it or whatever yeah. Yeah. chop his hand <laughs> off <laughs> so while they're over chopping that guy's hand off you can squirt the heroin on the ground squirt that yeah exactly <laughs> uh with the caning to keep it light to keep, yeah, <laughs> to keep the topic really light um that is that's kind of an odd one because I feel like in this day and age you would probably have to have like a caning machine or something, right? Because it's it seems too personal. Right. Oh, right. It's like the self self checkout caning things. Yes, I think you need a self checkout caning, <laughs> a self caning. <laughs> <laughs> you just go and set the setting yourself, like just right. the easiest one. <laughs> it's hitting you not that hard. <laughs> Is that, is that <laughs> hey, is that caning set to hard? Like, yeah, no, it is. It's set to hard. I don't know. Why. It's not. Uh, I guess I just yeah, got that... lucky on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because otherwise, yeah, you just got to find a guy who's mad that day or, or whatever. Because that seems like such a weird gig. Like, okay, the the people who work the electric chair, I, you know, that's that's tough. That's a hard, stressful emotional probably job and yeah. you gotta you gotta get the right kind of person to do that but you're not like beating a guy within an inch of his life with a stick no that's like a very like visceral personal thing you know what you do though you take the kids who are um emotionally disturbed and who had violent upbringings and the ones who feel the need to do that and lash out to other people you say hey you can do it over on these guys these guys were bad you don't have to feel bad about this okay you can oh. just you can just do it to these guys okay <laughs> gotcha two birds one uh crazy kid i guess yeah because i think that's like they do have uh they cite you know like martial arts and stuff and you could probably speak better on this like kids with uh violent upbringings like get them into fighting so they can do yes. it there and learn the right time to fight yeah i think that's a true uh therapy so to speak right for uh, for those folks that, let those guys do the caning you know yeah, I think that's good. I don't don't pack out of your uh, self caning machines, though. I think that's still true. The, true. The better no, way I think to do you it. could have some of both. And what you do, yeah, the the kids who you, who sign up for this program, they wouldn't have canes. I think you let them do the hand combat to the people, and you say, hey, look, this we're going, we're getting more progressive. The canes, that's not the new wave. The new wave is uh, MMA guys training. And we'll let okay. you guys work with the the people who have done bad stuff, and everybody, you know. Signed away saying this is okay. Yep, by doing the crime, that's that's a signature for getting um, getting your ass whooped by an up-and-coming MMA guy. 
I like that. Yeah. That, that'd probably be more fun for the uh, people getting beat up, too. <laughs> yeah. You get to get your picture afterwards, like a badge of honor. And look, yep. this is the easiest time I ever did. I got my ass kicked by uh, Conor McGregor. <laughs> by like a young, troubled kid. And hey, I was happy to help him out. We got a great relationship now. He texts me every, you know, twice a week. <laughs> you going to mentor that kid and become one of the guys in his ring. Yes. In his corner. Teaches yeah. him how to commit crimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think we could do more of that, like teaming up the stuff that needs to happen with the right people who need some release in that area if i'm if i'm making any sense there you know yes like just the the people who are out there robbing stuff like team them up with the people who love getting stuff stolen from <laughs> to the point of being criminals whatever whatever type of crime that is <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's perfect i don't know I, yeah no. <laughs> that just solves society <laughs> Yeah, or like, you know, the guys from the town, bank robbers, <laughs> just whatever bank, they do it, they do it like a test. They send out like a 20 question test, whatever bank scores lowest on the care if we get robbed scale, yes. you team the bank robbers up who just got out of jail. They, they've served their time, give them a break and you team them up with this bank and they can, oh, and here's what it is. They're experienced bank robbers. So the one that scored lowest has to each month get tested by these former professional bank robbers now turned consultants about bank robbing. Hmm. Okay. You know, and that way That's you have good. some business too. You, you, you have a business sense and you give these people a sense of, um, business, <laughs> a sense of, uh, ownership over this project, you know, and they really get some self-worth out of it as well. I like that, but they still have to go to jail. I was thinking this was going to be like, uh, cause you said that it's when they get out of jail. I'm I was picturing, you know, mm, hey, I you did skip the go whole off jail there. thing. Yeah, no, we don't want to skip the jail. So these guys that are being teamed up with the least caring bank, I think just served their 20 years. Oh, okay. They still so go. This, this would be an after-release uh, consultant program. I, I did get I off, gotcha. though. I can see where your confusion might have been, for sure. While, while they're in jail, they're going to all the bank's Twitter bios and seeing which one says, uh, it's okay to rob me. <laughs> right. <And> then, exactly. <laughs> And then okay, that's yeah. their morning. Their afternoon is getting the shit kicked out of them by an up-and-coming MMA guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. I think we got it. Yeah. I mean, it's not a perfect business yet, only because it's weird. Oh, it's it's one business? of those things. It's a business, and it's, and it's one of those things where we're, com we're creating the competition, too. Because all the while, we'll, we're still cranking out uh, caning machines, shelf checkout canings. I see, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the... That's the apple of my eye right there is the, um, the soft candy machine. I think the sooner we get that going. And they're broken uh, all the time, so they just, the UFC guys have to go and do it, beat them with the cane anyway. <laughs> 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 I thought you guys had self, why, this is just some guy here beating us up. Yeah, the, the machines are down. That's what the, the first version of the self candy machine would be anyway. It's just a guy inside of a box. <laughs> The cane, you know, the cane is just still operated by an arm, like right. the guy's arm sticking they have out them, of the box. They have them make robot. Hey, like somebody's there, like hitting the box with a cane, like, hey, make the robot noise. What are you doing? We're trying to. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. It's what we're famous for. I am uh, a brain chip myself on this side. 
Ah, the chip itself, huh? And the chip himself, yeah. Nice. Brain chip. Yeah, I think they're real. So they're they you put them in, and what do they just record? They're going to be able to record what we're thinking, or what are they? What's their angle? So far, I think the uh, the one that Elon Musk has got is like uh, called the Neuralink. It's it's mainly just going to be. I think it's how all these kinds of things start. It's starting out as like uh, a thing to help people with brain conditions, like epilepsy or uh, or brain chip uh, malnourishment. Right. <laughs> a spoiled brain chip. <laughs> um, yeah, so you, you do like drill into the person's skull, like pop out a little cork-sized uh, piece of skull, and then um, you pop this brain chip in there, and like it's got some tendrils. They like, you know, send those tendrils to some different parts of your brain, and then put the lid back in and uh, get yourself a brain chip. Wow. I'm nervous for the thought reading days. Um, cause I think we all are sick, twisted. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, is that what they, in the end they'd be trying to do? I mean, you said, you know, help disease, help a few other things, but are they, are they coming up with technology to see what else is in there floating around thoughts and your thoughts up there? I think it's just impossible to stop any of these things. They just like kind of go on their own. Like it's, I don't think you're going to be able to stop the brain chip from turning into all of the things that you could imagine the brain chip turning into, you know, oh. it's going to definitely like be a thing where you can change somebody's thoughts. I assume you can probably project their thoughts. You can probably store their thoughts and, and, uh, you know, replay them later. You can wow. probably, I don't know, like take, read all of their thoughts and back them up onto some other system and you maybe throw it into a different guy later. Yeah, I wonder if books will just be so-and-so's thoughts, and it's just like you print, you subscribe, like you just get known for like a really interesting, thoughtful brain, and people mm. just, you, I subscribe to Tup's brain, um, it's my favorite brain, and, and that takes the place of podcasting, maybe. Ooh, man, I think that would be, uh, that would be a good thing to uh, buy up the domains for, definitely. Right, yeah. subscribe to mybrain.com, and just like every thought I have, and it's a maybe makes for a more accepting society too. You'd be like, Hey, look, no human's perfect. He had some ugly ones in there this week, didn't he? Boy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then can you, do you start changing the way you think? Cause you know, everybody's subscribing to your brain. Oh, cast? that's, and that, well, that's the test of the ultimate ones that stand the test of time. People who do yes. not change who they are based on this and just have damn good brains. Yes. Or, you know? or, or you take the good with the bad and they own it and they're like, Hey, my brain is my brain and I'm not gonna by golly, I'm not gonna change. I'm not gonna brain. get a brain chip for anybody. I don't right. care how many subscribers I have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how many people subscribe to my brain chip. <laughs> yeah. And then then of course the business world from there goes to manufacturing artificial ones of those. And then you're you're subscribing to some guy's brain. You're all of a sudden you're subscribing to the woman from her. Just some made up computer mm. guy. Okay. But then who's writing all that? Yeah, is there like a self-writing book robot? <laughs> a self-writing book robot. Yeah. <laughs> which just, is, which part is it doing? What's it, that. It's just, it's like you wrote a program that constantly just writes stories. 
okay. and plays yeah. them together and knows when to call each one a chapter <laughs> and has a whole publishing company or however you make books. Yeah, I think you could, I think that's probably not too far away. I think the songwriting robots are, are already happening. And Is then, that right? Yeah. Book writing robots, I think it's a little harder, but it's coming right around the bend, I think. Right. And then you just subscribe to those and then nothing is, and then for one time, for once ever, I can kind of wrap my mind around the thing people say about, well, well when robots take over, until this point, I thought that was the stupidest comment. Now I kind of know what they mean. Because you're worried that they're going to write all the books? Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to be writing stuff. Oh, well, what's really dangerous is when they start writing the newspapers, because then they're just going to be like creative writing robots just telling us who knows what. And like, if we don't know that they're, maybe the maybe they don't underreport the fact that they've turned it all over to robots. And so we all just think it's, you know, Ken Rosen, Rosenthal still writing the article. Oh, yeah. Well, they've killed Ken Rosenthal a long time ago. True. I guess if they're... Ken Rosenthal hasn't been alive in 50 years. And they've <laughs> <just> been... <laughs> yeah. I did notice that picture they put for him every week was the exact same for the last 50 years. Yeah. There you go. And it's just, yeah. If for robots, they, they could already be writing all the books for all we know. That's true. Yep. And there's got to be a, like, make up a person for me program, right? Make up, and you type in what you want. You'd be like, I want an author. I want a woman in her 50s. Uh, you can maybe do hair color. And then it just makes you up a person. <laughs> uh yeah, you mean a real life person? Like you're talking about like a robot companion for yourself? Or are you talking about uh, you can a write person a character to be the face story. of the book? The face of the oh, book. Okay. Be like, hey, the look, obviously, author. obviously, robots wrote all these, but can we come up with um, a Ju Julia Smith wrote the uh, wrote the sequel to Harry Potter ever since and once they killed J.K. Rowling's, and uh, okay. and so we need. A, someone who looks like they could reasonably be named Julie Smith. Um, someone mm. in her fifties with uh, salt and pepper hair. <laughs> and then boom, there she is on the cover of the book. Yeah. And then she doesn't have to really exist. I mean, I guess you could then depends on how far you want to take it. You could talk to the cloning people and then just have them pop you out a, a working drone robot, the, you know, true to life robot or whatever they'd be called. Okay, yeah. For the book signings or whatever. Yeah, I think I think that's all right. <laughs> I think that's... Yeah, there'd be a big backlog of like because people always want to meet the person in in person. So, you'd yes. have a whole backlog of god, for the last 30 years we've just been having robots do all this. Now, because it's 30 years old, all the fan groups have come have started. We got to put together this whole convention and make 80 new people who are the face of all these things, teach them the whole history of it so they can talk to the fans. Oh my God. Yeah, that's a lot of stress. Is it probably it seems like it'd be easier to just uh, throw a wig on a robot and send them out there. That's true, throw yeah. Salt and pepper wig, wig on a robot. <laughs> Julie Smith wheel. name tag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wheel them out there. And, you know. Those are, those are the things we're asked to forgive in movies, just like a robot with a wig. Hi, yes, I'm not a robot. <laughs> like some guy. Okay, miss, as long as you keep it down. Whew, close right. call. Yes, yes. We are asked to, they ask a lot of us, you know. Yeah. Uh, us the, filmmakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, but robots. Uh, those are the metal ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, not for long. Once the the true to life things are going to be game changing, right? Every type of game too, not just the game of life. The the every type of game. Yeah. 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 Basketball players. Uh, you know, all all professional sports just be robots soon. Right. <laughs> yeah, or at least to start eventually, yes. But I think they start with we're just there's like just one the team fans. in every league. <laughs> just the fans are robots to start. Uh, but like one robot team per league, you think that's fair? Uh, while they're still getting them right, I think that's good. Yeah, I think yeah. Start. You got to see how they're going to do it first. They're going to lose, right? right? Like the first robot uh, chess player probably got smoked by you know bobby fisher huge nerd you know yeah whatever the guys who were searching for bobby fisher right yeah not even bobby fisher himself (laughs) the search party (laughs) uh get smoked by him right and then like you know a few years later there's not a they have bobby fisher be the computer and then that's his job permanently and he's really busy the rest of his life (laughs) (laughs) sticking his arm out to move the pieces that's great yeah that is probably what they started off every the best guy at everything at first they just stuff into a box and pretend it was a machine for the rest of his life (laughs) all these fake inventors yeah it's the progression of all technology is like the technology loses to the best guy they kidnap the best guy, stuff him in a box. <laughs> now it starts winning, and then eventually, you know, the guy dies, and they they are forced to come up with a real robot. Right, and he's way worse at it from having being from being stuffed in the box. Like he's no longer even good at the thing that he was good at because he's too focused on remaining crammed in this box and just reaching one arm out to perform the duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the basketball players, yeah, so. NBA, throw one robot team in there. Yeah. Throw them in the WNBA first. Yeah. Not in a degrading way, just as a as a workup. Practice a couple practice rounds. Yeah. And then, you know, uh get one NBA team made of all robots. That would be so exciting. I'm I I'm fully in favor of that. Like yeah. I you know, we gotta keep an eye on where we go with all the robot stuff, but a basketball team that was all robots and like you know, especially in the moment when it would still be competitive, like I would yes. be rooting so hard for like the regular people to beat the robots. That would be so. You know, that's like, uh, you know, when the aliens come down and we all band together and we're like, yeah, beat the aliens. Like that's how right. everybody would feel. It'd be like, you know, the generals against the Harlem Globetrotters. Everybody is rooting really hard for you know, Skylark be- Meadow. Was that his name? Meadowlark Lemon. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really it? It's what we're fixing.